the blast from our past network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown. And John Welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown, a no-holds-barred trivia match between two contenders fighting for nostalgic glory. I'm your host, John Spees. I'm your co-host, Adam Spees. And today we are continuing our round of 16 in our 2023 patron tournament. In one corner, I said, good son, shoot them for they run now. It's Jeremy Goodson. Hi, Jeremy. Hey, John. How you doing? Good. Why don't you let the folks at home know a little bit about yourself? Um, well, after being serenaded, uh, I am uh, Jeremy. I'm from the uh, Chicago area. IT tech by day, Twitch streamer, and sometimes trivia host by night, and host a weekly show with uh, Brian Nash on Twitch with uh, his geek trivia every Thursday. In the other corner, don't beg to bootleg his nest egg, or he'll blow like a powder, powder keg. It's Johnson, comma Greg. Yeah. Hey. How's it going, Greg? It's going all right. Uh, thanks for having me. Uh, let, let's let the folks at home know a little bit about you. All right. So I'm a uh, software developer in Aiken, South Carolina. Um, I don't have any trivia hosting uh, gigs, but I like to play. I'm not very good, but I just I like I like the, BS, the enjoyment of BS. I'm calling you. You're not very good. You're, you're very good. You're good <laughs> enough to make it to our uh, round of sixteen, sir. Yeah. It it depends on the categories. You know, there's a very specific uh, knowledge base I have. Luckily, we have the same categories every time, and you're good at those. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, let's learn how to play the game. Entering the ring are two contestants who will engage in three rounds of head-to-head trivia. Here are the rules. Round one consists of 10 questions in different pop culture categories focused on a decade that will be randomized. If you answer incorrectly, your opponent has the chance to steal. And the categories are movies, music, television, toys and games, sports, fashion, slang, news and politics, literature, and food. Round two consists of the same 10 categories, but this time your opponent gets to pick your category. Each correct answer gives you 10 points. In the final round, you may bid up to as many points as you've earned before answering the final two questions. The categories for the final questions will be picked by the contestants but the decade will again be randomized from those remaining. You must get both answers correct to earn your wager. Now it's time for a takedown. All right, before we get started, I want to know Jeremy and Greg just a little bit better. And since I kind of referenced the uh, Junior Walker song Shotgun earlier, uh, I want to know, what is your favorite movie weapon? Uh, I guess for me, that's easy. Lightsaber all the way. Nerd. I was just going to say that. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, I'll get. I guess I'll be a little bit more current, and I guess it's it's, it's technically a movie. I'll say uh, Captain America: Shield. Okay. Nice. Both very good choices. Both very iconic weapons. Um, the correct answer is the M56 smart gun from the movie Aliens, uh, but that's neither here nor there. Um, and when it comes to sci-fi, I am typically more of a firearm fan than I am a kind of a blunt weapon fan and I, I literally have the sword and board with the choices here but I gotta say there's something cool about a shield mm. I, I, I like shields 
So Greg's going to get to pick first in round one. Greg, what category would you like? Uh, let's start off with TV. All right. And that decade will be the 2000s. What American reality dating show that premiered on Fox in 2003 followed a group of single women competing for the affection of a bachelor who was falsely billed as being rich? Was it Joe Millionaire? Joe Millionaire is correct. Good one there. And we are over to Jeremy. What category would you like to start in? Uh, let's go with toys and games. All right, little toys and games. And it's the 90s. In what chess variant invented by John A. Leslie in 1997, our captured pieces are not eliminated by, from the game, but can re-enter active play through drops similar to the Japanese game Shogi. Uh... <laughs> 1997, you said? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember the old like computer game that, uh, what was that called? Can you repeat the question? Because I got to think of this. I think this was a variant in this game, and I'm trying to remember the name of the game. Okay. In, uh, in what chess variant, invented by John A. Leslie in 1997, do captured pieces, or captured pieces are not eliminated from the game, but can re-enter active play through drops similar to the Japanese game Shogi? Okay, I'm trying to think through this because I remember playing, and I, I for the life of me cannot remember the name of this computer game. Uh, they were, I had it. It was like Chess Three Thousand or Chess Something Three Thousand or something like that. I don't know, but it had a whole bunch of variants in it. And in the game, I'm trying to go through some of these in my head. And there's Speed Chess, obviously, which is not what you're looking for. And I'm trying to think of what you're talking about. You said captured pieces, pieces, and I think I'm going to get this word wrong. I think there was one in there called Hostage Chess as one of the modes. So I'm going to go with that and hope that it's not like something else. Hostage Chess is correct. Wow. Nice. (laughs) Nice. Uh, It's going to drive me nuts. I can't think of the name of that game. Like it it was my (laughs) friend had it and then I ended up getting it and we would play each other. Like this is when you'd have like it was like dialed into like a battle net type thing. You'd be in this little lobby like that's all text based and you choose who you were going to play and then you'd each see the board. Uh, all right, off to a good start here. We are back over to Greg. Uh, let's do sports. All right, sports. And it's the 70s. James Hunter, also known by what aquatic nickname, was a pitcher for the Oakland A's and New York Yankees until 1979 when he retired. He was the first pitcher since 1915 to win 200 games by age 31 and is often referred to as baseball's first big money free agent. Hmm. I'm, I have to go with the, the 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 hints in there, so I'll think, let's see, aquatic nickname, maybe Mr. Octopus. Mr. Octopus is incorrect. Jeremy, can you steal? Um, Probably not, but I, I was thinking the same thing, aquatic. Uh, and his last name was Hunter, so mm-hmm. we'll go with the shark hunter the shark hunter is incorrect the correct answer was catfish catfish hunter was his name oh i just heard that was adam's dating life that does sound familiar now of course of course now it sounds familiar. he was a fairly big <laughs> name he was a fairly big name all right no points there and we are back over to jeremy uh let's go movies okay and your decade is the 90s which Hollywood hunk first gained recognition 
playing a cowboy hitchhiker in the 1991 film Thelma and Louise? Uh, I believe in Thelma and Louise it was Brad Pitt. I'm hoping I'm not remembering that wrong. So I'm say Brad Pitt. That's my answer. Brad Pitt is correct. Yeah, he, I've seen that. I haven't seen that movie in probably 15 years. And I'm like, yeah, he plays a jerk in the movie. And I'm like, am I picturing Brad Pitt instead of somebody else? <laughs> All right, Greg, let's get you caught up. What category would you like? Uh, how about music? All right, how about some music? And it's going to be from the 70s. What was the fifth and final studio album by American folk rock duo Simon and Garfunkel released in January 1970 on Columbia Records? It included the singles Cecilia, The Boxer, and the title track. Uh, is it Bridge Over Troubled Water? Bridge Over Troubled Water is correct. Nice. Good pull. And we are back over to Jeremy. All right, this one's for Adam. Let's do literature. No, that's no. You said it. That's not for me. That's for John. <laughs> no. Oh, wait. Yeah, you did say it the right yeah. way. <laughs> he did say it the I'm right saying, way. My brain went so wrong. I don't know. Also, you need to roll. Whatever, oh, yeah, I gotta roll. <laughs> whatever you're drinking over there, I'll have some. <laughs> Seltzer water. I'm not even drunk. There's no alcohol in uh-huh. it. Uh, you're back to the 90s. All right. And this is a question brought to us by David Abalafia. Thank you, David. What 1998 bestseller by Spencer Johnson is subtitled An Amazing Way to Deal with Change in Your Work and in Your Life? have to not look at my bookshelf because it's one of two books. And I think the one about change is Who Moved My Cheese? Who Moved My Cheese is correct. When I was in the manager training in restaurants, I had a like our area manager made us all read that book. He gave us all a copy. Mm-hmm. That and um, the One Minute Manager was the other one. All right, back to Greg. Uh, Left, we've got news and politics, fashion, slang, and food. Let's go with slang. Alrighty. And it's the 80s. Not Macho. Not Loren. Not Walter Emerson. Just puke. Uh, Ralph. <laughs> Ralph is correct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I did too. That's why I wrote it. <laughs> All right, Jeremy. Uh, let's go with food. Right. Food and it's the sixties. You don't need a violin to name this alliterative Cracker Jack competitor that was released by ConAgra in nineteen sixty-seven. Cracker Jack competitor. Um, ConAgra. This is a this is a tough one. There weren't a lot of uh, what was what was the first sentence in there again? I feel like I missed a clue. Well, the whole thing was the one sentence was the question, so I'll reread the whole thing for you. (laughs) You don't need a violin to name this alliterative Cracker Jack competitor that was released by ConAgra in 1967. Don't need a violin. That's what I'm trying to think of what would be like. No, it sounds like I'm playing maybe the world's smallest violin. Um, Crud. Uh, I'm not coming up with anything. Uh, Let's just guess. I don't, it's definitely not right, but let's say checks mix. Checks mix is incorrect. Greg, can you steal? Almost certainly not. Um, let me see. Let's going to try to go from the violin angle and say cello. Cello is also incorrect. Adam, you know this one? I do because um, I, I can't remember. It might have been mentioned in an episode of Seinfeld. Um, but whatever it is, I always remember this one is rhyming and it's called, well, not rhyming. It's alliterative. Fiddle faddle. 
Fiddle Faddle is what I was looking for. Yeah. Nope, never heard of it. So I wasn't going to pull that. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel bad. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Greg, we got news and fashion left. Uh, well, yeah, certainly stay away from fashion. So let me do uh, news and politics, please. <laughs> all right. News and politics. And it's the 70s again for you. You've had a lot of those this round. Okay. All right. Social science intersected with hard science with the first establishment in the world of what department at MIT in 1979? It's the interdisciplinary scientific study of the mind and its processes with input from linguistics, psychology, neuroscience, uh, philosophy, uh, computer science, artificial intelligence, and anthropology. Hmm. That's quite a bit. Um, Could you do me a favor and say the second sentence again? It's the interdisciplinary scientific study of the mind and its processes with input from linguistics, psychology, neuroscience, philosophy, computer science, artificial intelligence, and anthropology. Is it bioinformatics? Whatever you said is incorrect. (laughs) (laughs) Jeremy, can you see? As somebody who originally started going to college for psychology, I am really lost on this one, and the only other word I can think of is cognitive studies, so I'm going to go with that. Cognitive studies is correct. Seriously? Oh, wow. Also known as cognitive science, but I will accept cognitive studies. Oh, yeah. And the only reason I know about this is I had a buddy in college who was on the drum line with me at UGA who was a cognitive science major. Oh, wow. That's That's the only way I even even knew that existed. I was going over synonyms in my head and... Things I remember from psychology, I did not think that was the actual department. I'm just like, this is another word that I know that means the same <laughs> thing. Uh, all right. Well, that leaves fashion for Jeremy. It Pass. does. <laughs> Pass. Poison games. And it's, it's no. How about some literature? Because uh, I screwed that one up. Uh, no, it is the 60s. The 60s mm. for fashion. All right. And this question is brought to you by Paul McLaughlin. While 60s hairstyles ranged from the very short styles popularized by Twiggy and Mia Farrow to the very long straight style favored by hippies, in the middle was a hairstyle with straight hair hanging below the ear, where it usually turns under, often with bangs in the front. What is the medieval name for this hairstyle? You're seeing me on video, right? (laughs) I I have zero hair, and I always get the hair question. Um... (laughs) this is not going to go anywhere. And I know you're saying it's a medieval term, so I'm not sure. It sounds like you were describing a mullet. So I'm just going to say a mullet. Mullet is incorrect. Greg, can you steal? Well, I guess I just barely have the advantage as far as hair goes, but (laughs) we'll see. Um, I'll go with that. I'll try to go with the hint again and say the, the Camelot. The Camelot is incorrect. If I had hair, I would so get a Camelot called... cut. That just sounds cool. <laughs> yeah. uh, this was called the Page Boy. Page Boy haircut. Oh, okay. I'm picturing it now. I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> All right. That is the end of round one. Adam, what is our score? All right. We have got ourselves a pretty tight game here. Jeremy has a small lead with 40 to Greg's 30. All right, well, Greg got to pick first in round one. So, Jeremy, you're going to pick for Greg to start off round two. What category do you want to give him? Oh, please take it. Fashion. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Twist his arm. 
And that decade is the 90s. Founded in 1993, what company designs and produces headwear, apparel, and accessories for sports fans, athletes, and the general public? Initially focused on producing collegiate headwear, the company grew to become the largest college licensee in 2000, selling more product than Nike. Its name can also mean a gentle breeze, the etymology coming from the Greek god of the West Wind. Hmm. I feel like this is going to be something I'll know as soon as I hear it, but I don't off the top of my head. Um, breeze, breeze. Um, I, I, nothing's coming to it. Um, head cool. Head cool is incorrect. Jeremy, can you steal? Maybe. Um, I'm trying to think of different headwear brands and uh, sporting brands that I can think of. And one came to mind that I guess could beat the definition. So I'm going to guess Zephyr. Zephyr is correct. Not feel great about that one. <laughs> they, had, they had cool hats. I always liked their, the Z. I, I, yeah, hats. I remember their stuff. And I'm like, you know, I always had a, uh, like, uh, what's, why, why my brain is just dying now, but like, Baseball hats, the um, not champion, or is it champion? Champion, champion does a lot of baseball yeah. stuff. Maybe it's champion hats. Yeah, just yeah. the little the ones C. with the little spinnies up top. I can see you. Oh yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, no, those two, and you know, bouncing a ball and you know, chewing my gum. <laughs> All right, well, Jeremy got the steal. Now, Greg, you got to give him a category. Which one do you want to give him? Um, uh, let's do uh, literature. Yeah, I can't believe I screwed that. Literature coming at you. It's the 2000s. What 2006 to 2007 Marvel Comics crossover storyline consisted of a seven-issue limited series of the same name that was written by Mark Millar and penciled by Steve McNiven. The plot begins when the U.S. government passes a superhero registration act ostensibly to have super-powered individuals act under official regulation, somewhat akin to law enforcement. Okay, I, I'm glad you got to that last part because I'm like, you're narrowing it down a little bit and a little bit at a time, but that is absolutely Civil War. Civil War is correct. Which they couldn't use mutants in the movie, and I was sad because that's a yeah, big that's... sending off point for that. All right, Jeremy, what category do you want to give to Greg? Uh, let's go food. Okay. And we're staying in the 2000s. In 2000, Smuckers introduced what item? Frozen peanut butter and jelly sandwiches already prepped for the kid and us all. Oh, are they called crustables? Crustables is incorrect. I cannot give it to you. Jeremy, can you steal? Yeah, another one I don't feel good about because it was so close. I blink they're uncrustables. Oh my god. Uncrustables <laughs> is correct. Yeah. I actually thought you were right. Opposite. Let me tell you that I thought you were right, and that was gonna be my guess if it had come to me. And then when it was wrong, I had to realize why oh, <laughs> uh, all right greg what do you want to give to jeremy um let's see what's left. I, I was uh, toys and games all right all toys right. and games and it's the 2000s the 2000 edition of what video game franchise was called majora's mask legend of zelda legend of zelda well. is correct Man, we were falling right in Jeremy's wheelhouse. Yeah, that. <laughs> I'm like, I'm a Zelda fan. I am not. All right, Jeremy, what do you want to give to Greg? Left, we've got movies, music, TV, sports, news and politics, and slang. 
Let's go sports. Sports for Greg. It's going to be a wrestling question, <laughs> And isn't it's it? the 2000s, fourth time in a row. It's the 2000s. All right, and this question is brought to us by Will Dennison. Tom Brady has won the Super Bowl a total of seven times, three more than Joe Montana. Brady's first Super Bowl win came in 2002, where he faced off against what starting quarterback, who had won the Super Bowl in 2000, and who was predicting that he would be the one to break Joe Montana's record of four? Spoiler alert, he never won a second one. Is that Kurt Warner? Kurt Warner is correct. Nice. I'm glad you got that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What category do you want to give to Jeremy? Uh... News and politics. All right. News and politics. Hey, and we finally have our first 50s question. The 1954 to 1962 Algerian War led to the independence of Algeria from what European nation? Uh, Who had a lot of, I'm trying to think who had a lot of uh, colonies and stuff. They'd want them out. Um, Going between two and... I don't want to say it out loud in case it's the other one, but I'm just going to guess France. France is correct. Who was the other one? The UK. I mean, those are the most likely culprits. Yeah, I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> I got nothing. Right. What do you want to give to Greg? Uh, let's give Greg music. All right, let me music his way. And it's the 90s. All right. This is a Finnish the lyric question. I need the final six words from this 1994 Dead Eye Dick song. Oh, she loves me so. She hates to be alone. She don't eat meat. But she throws me a bone. But she throws me a bone is incorrect. Jeremy, can you steal? I don't know if I can. Um, I can picture the song. I just don't know the lyrics. Um, I, I'm just going to go off of what you said there. Instead of she throws me a bone, she chews on a bone. She chews on a bone is also incorrect. Also, I don't think that was six words. <laughs> uh, the, you were very close, Greg. It is she sure likes the bone. Okay. Is what I was looking for. You were very, very close. Well, but it is tournament time, so I'm going to be a stickler yeah. for her. Not as close as Uncrustables. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. Uh, all right. Where are we? Greg's picking for Jeremy? Yes. Yep. Um, all right. Looks like we got... Movies, TV, and slang. Yep. Uh, let's say movies. Okay. Decade is the 2000s. Yeah, a lot of them. Aside from the Fast and Furious movies, Vin Diesel is also known for playing the character of Riddick. What was the name of the first film in which Riddick appears? Oh, God. Um, no, Chronicles Riddick was the second one. I th- think the first one was Pitch Black. Pitch Black is correct. Is that really all the way back in 2000? Somewhere in the 2000s. I didn't give a year. Oh, okay. Uh, all right, Jeremy, we've got uh, TV and slang left. Uh, slang. All right, slang for Greg. And it's the 70s. Coined by Tom Wolfe in a 1976 essay, what term characterized the 1970s as a rise of self-indulgence and narcissism in American society? Is it 
The me generation? The me generation is incorrect. Jeremy, can you steal? Can you repeat it one more time? Mm-hmm. Coined by Tom Wolfe in a 1976 essay, what term characterized the 1970s as a rise of self-indulgence and narcissism in American society? Whew. I uh, don't have anything, I don't think. 70s, I will say the disco generation. I have no idea. The disco generation is also incorrect. Greg, you were halfway there. <laughs> it was not the me generation. It was the me decade. Okay. He coined the term the me decade. Oh. And that leaves TV for Jeremy. It does. Critical one here. And it's the 50s. Before Sam Jones played him in the 80s, but after Buster Crabbe played him in the serials in the 30s and 40s, Steve Holland played what space hero from 1954 to 1955? Uh, Who was the one from the 80s? Sam Jones. I think that's Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon is correct. That is the end of round two. Adam, what is our score going into the final round? Well, John, if my math is correct, and it's almost never correct, uh, we have a lockout. But I think, unfortunately, it might be correct this time. I've got Jeremy has 110, and Greg has 40. That is what I have as well. Yep. But you never know. Jeremy might want to be part of the 200 club. He might want that he could 200 risk it club. You try that all you the time. Get... Has it ever worked? You you know what? I'm thinking next year we're gonna put some sort of incentive in to if if you actually make it to 200, you get something that gives you an edge in the sticker. I, I, yeah, you get, stick, you get a sticker. <laughs> Don't you want a sticker, Jeremy? <laughs> I mean, you can put that we'll incentive see. in now if you want. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. <laughs> Uh, all right, Jeremy, what category do you want going into the final right here, round? Here, my forehead. Uh, toys and games. <laughs> all right, toys and games. The decade will be the 50s. All right, and Greg? Uh, television. TV. And that decade will be the 60s. All right, gentlemen, so based on 50s toys and games and 60s television, go ahead and write down your bids. I am all set. I am all set as well. All right, here is... Your 50s toys and games question. In 1953, the Lesney Company used a partner company called Moco to help market and distribute its new line of die-cast vehicles called what? And your 60s TV question. What 1963 show is often compared to the Twilight Zone, but with a greater emphasis on science fiction stories and is an anthology of self-contained episodes, sometimes with plot twists at their ends? The 1995 version of the show was narrated by Batman himself, Kevin Conroy. While our contestants are thinking about their answers, I want to let you guys all know that you should be checking out Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. Yes, I'm going to plug one of my own podcasts because I feel like it. Cartwright's a wonderful podcast, and uh, John, or not John, Corey and I, uh, who is my host for that show, we've already gone through every single episode of Seinfeld. If you want to, we could... We break down every single one. You, know, you have to join our Patreon for only $1 a month, and you can listen to all of that. Um, but right now, we're kind of doing some 
top 10 and top five lists and just kind of having fun with Seinfeld since we've already gone through the whole thing. And on our Patreon at the higher level, we're going through every episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. So check out Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. And if you are interested, check out our Patreon. Okay, I'm I'm all set. All right, let's find out uh, what you wrote down. Greg, since you were behind, what were your answers to the questions? So I not feeling confident on either one of these, uh, but for the, the toys and games, I said Hot Wheels. And then for the television, I said Unsolved Mysteries. All right. And Jeremy. Um, yeah, I had no idea on the cars, but it sounded like you're describing a Hot Wheel. So I was hoping maybe that was the company that first came up with them before they were bought by Mattel, I think owns them now. So I said Hot Wheels. Um, and the only sci-fi show besides Black Mirror, which I know is way too recent that I could think of, that was like the Twilight Zone, was called The Outer Limits. And that was my answer on that one, The Outer Limits. All right. For uh, 60s TV, since it's already right in front of me, the 1963 show was The Outer Limits. And for toys and games, the Leslie Company used the partner MoCo to help them market Matchbox. So unfortunately, nobody's going to be getting their bids today, and let's see uh, how they did. Greg, how much did you wager? Uh, well, I learned my lesson from last game, uh, so I wagered thirty-nine points. All right, all right, and Jeremy, uh, I went with the big zero. I don't trust myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all no right, two hundo club for you, nope. brother. If I wouldn't have had it but anyway right. if I'd bet it all to go up for two hundred. <laughs> <laughs> Adam, do the math and let us know what is the final score. Our winner of the day and continuing into the TTT tournament, we have Jeremy Goodson with 110, defeating Greg Johnson, who's left with one sole awesome point. All right, gentlemen, thank you so much for being on. Uh, Jeremy, who uh, Adam, who can he expect to go on to play? Uh, Jeremy is going to have himself uh, a tough match as he's coming up next against Sarah Kalori. Uh, all right, Jeremy, so we'll see you uh, for that match, which will be fun. Greg, unfortunately, that is the end of your tournament run, sir, but what a pleasure it was to have you on. Here is your time to uh, say anything you'd like. All right, well, thank you again for having me on. Uh, it's always fun. Um, I I promise that, that, that this is more in my wheelhouse than some other trivia <laughs> games, but uh, maybe not the the score doesn't reflect that. Um, I guess parting words, uh, this is what I say all the time, and it, unfortunately it, it's kind of a necessary every time. Please be kind to each other. Please be kind to yourself. Um, it, it, th- things are rough, um, especially, I, not especially now, but it's, it's, things are rough. So just a little kindness goes a long way, and that's being kind to everybody, including yourself. Well put, well put. Yep. All right, well, that's Adam, and I'm John, and this was another episode of Throwback Trivia Takedown. Thank you for listening to Throwback Trivia Takedown. If you want to support the podcast, or if you'd like to be a contestant, go to patreon.com forward slash throwback trivia takedown and pick a tier that's right for you. If you want to submit questions, you can email them to throwbacktriviatakedown at gmail.com. Please rate and review us on your preferred podcast platform. We'll see you next time when two new contestants go head-to-head in nostalgic knowledge on Throwback Trivia Takedown. Hey, everybody. I'm Tim. And I'm Dean. And we're the hosts of Talking Back. 
We're a retro-based podcast covering movies, comics, video games, and more. Check us out every Monday where we hit the rewind button and dig into some of our favorite content from the past. We like to keep things fun, lighthearted, and informative. Do you feel like you need more nostalgia in your life? Then check out Talking Back. We're available everywhere podcasts are found.